from Tally to Cali. It's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, Now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hutchavandy and Corey Clark. What is up? It is Wake Up War Jam presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, it's your show, Renegade Express. A lot of questions about bowl games, this record, NIL, Syracuse, Mike Norvell, running backs, the Gators. It's Syracuse week, but we'll try to get to all of it. Over 35 questions. We'll see how it goes. Wake Up War Jam presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. CPTallyBar.com is the website, but as always, you know, you can pull out your phone, camera, app, hit the QR code, go right to the website. You can place your order online, check out the menu before you walk into the restaurant if you're one of those people but you can't go wrong with anything sit back enjoy a cold beverage watch a plethora of sports on the vegas wall and then you got your bingo going down tonight on thursday bring your dauber out and a good time awaits always at the corner pocket bar and grill do you disagree with anything that's been said in the first 40 seconds of the show Corey? no i would recommend people to uh, maybe order the smokehouse chicken sandwich that's what i had the other night mm. it's good big nice piece of chicken some bacon some cheese Side salad with some ranch. I did it up, Aslan. I did it up. We celebrated a birthday or Stephanie's birthday in style. Nice, nice. By finishing fourth in trivia. So what are you going to do? Uh, Corey being a team player, recording the show during his sojourn back up to Georgia. So he sounds pretty good too. So we'll take advantage of it while we can as he's in the the strong cell towers in suburban Atlanta. Let's get to it. Anything observation wise from practice worth talking about for more than thirty seconds, Corey, from Wednesday? I mean, I liked Brian Courtney making mm. a couple of contested catches in the end zone. Um, you kind of get a sense of what he could be. Um, clearly not ready yet to contribute, apparently, but I feel like next year there's a pretty good chance he's the starting tight end. Um, and he just he has a knack for making tough catches. He's athletic. He's the he's the most athletic guy in that room. I know that's not saying a ton, but he is. Um, so he had a he had a, and one of the catches was over Jamie Robinson, yep. which was uh, encouraging. And I thought the offense as a whole, especially the second half of practice, uh, was just clicking really, really well. Um, some of it against scout team, some of it against the uh, the, the defense, uh, seven on seven and regular. I just thought they, they looked really good the second half of practice. So that was good to see, too. Absolutely. Red zone, tight zone self looked real good for the offense. They're just they're a bear right now. They're a bear. They're back to being a bear to defend. Uh, Syracuse will find out firsthand Saturday. A reminder. War Chant Game Day presented by Zaxby starts at 7 o'clock with a pregame show with Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. And then the watch along starts at 8 o'clock with myself, Dominic Robinson, and Tom Lang, followed by a postgame show. So that'll be fun. Hit the thumbs up. Ira's going to be in Syracuse for all of us. Let's start. Let's get to the questions. Lots of them. We'll package these two together. We're talking bowl games. Gary Cincinnati, the first one in. Wake up, gentlemen, since we're now bowl eligible and we know we will go bowling somewhere. Uh, in your respective years in covering big-time football teams, what bowl game has been the most fun or memorable to cover? Any swag bags or gift bags for the media? And on the topic of bowl games, Noel Girl 30 was asking, hey, guys, I saw a bowl projection about Florida State in the military bowl, but I haven't heard anyone from Warchant mention that. Is that an accurate projection in your opinion or just someone who doesn't know what they are talking about? I wouldn't say they don't know what they're talking about, but – Military Bowl doesn't get first dibs, and Florida State's going to be, I don't know, one of the four or five teams in the ACC. 
Last we heard, Cheez-It Bowl, I think. Brett McMurphy, who's pretty accurate on these things, the Cheez-It Bowl in Orlando. That sounds kind of pretty accurate. They were in attendance down in Miami as well on Saturday. Maybe to get a first-hand look. I, unless Florida State, just, Florida State loses out, then maybe the Military Bowl. But if, if they win one more game, I, I can't see the Military Bowl. And I think they're going to win three. So, Corey? There you go. Yeah, you're on record. I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I haven't heard anything about the military bowl. I, I assume it has an ACC tie-in. We it haven't does. really had a chance it does. to it does. Yeah. know here recently what bowls have tie-ins <laughs> to the ACC. But um, I, I just would – I would have a hard time thinking Florida State gets out of the state of Florida. Yeah. Um, these bowl games, the mili- any of them really, just don't get out of attendance ever. They're only just made – they're only played for TV money. Um, but these bowls do like crowds. They do want people to come to their games, and both Orlando and Jacksonville would fall over themselves to have Florida State in a bowl game, especially um, if Florida State has eight or nine wins. And so you have an excited fan base. It's not a six and six fan base that's like, ah, I guess we're going to this bowl, but an excited fan base that would actually want to go see this team one more time. So I, I would have a hard time thinking that they would they would slip past those two. Don't forget Tampa, ReliQuest Bowl. That's also on the radar. Is that an ACC Bowl, too? It is. It is, my friend. Right, yeah. yeah, I'd have a hard, real hard time thinking they're getting out of Florida. I didn't know there was another option, too. Mm-hmm. And then for the for the question about the best bowl game, I, I mean, it's just it's the Bros Bowl. Hmm. Um, that's an incredible I, – yeah, I had to fly both times. Wasn't fired up about those trips. But once you're out there, especially because we're lucky enough that they were huge games, so uh, I was out there for a week both times, which is just absolutely nuts when you think about it. Um, but, yeah, because that's when the team got out there. So, uh, so yeah, that, those were just – it's an incredible part of the world. Um, the weather's ridiculous in late December. And, uh, yeah, that was uh, – the, the setting is unbelievable in that stadium, just the mountains overhead and the, and the, the weather and everything else. Um, so I, that's mine. I can already a- answer Aslan's. It's, uh, it's the Sun Bowl. El yeah. Paso, baby. That's the only that's the only choice you have, right? Irish Ophel, me, five days worth of Mexican food. What else could you want? Mm. It was a dream. Uh, but a second, a close second would probably have been the college football playoff back in 17, covering Alabama. They were in the Sugar Bowl playoff against Clemson, the Kelly Bryant Clemson Tigers. And mm. because I stayed at the media hotel for that event, which I also did in the Sun Bowl, but the freaking hospitality room at the media hotel for the college football playoff was crazy. I mean, they literally had a bartender staff there until 3 in the morning. There's pool tables. There's skee-ball. There's all these games going on. They have all these televisions, all these TV monitors. They gave you this, like, sweet Yeti emblazoned etched college football playoff cup. Uh, That was awesome. That was, was like, the best maybe on-the-job yeah, I didn't even mention that. So. The, the hospitality room for the national championship Ooh. game against Auburn was nuts. <laughs> it was uh, they had they had uh, it, it was open all for a whole week, but it had shuffleboard, free drinks, um, like a basketball game, big TVs everywhere, pool tables. It was this kind of ballroom. It wasn't kind of it was a ballroom, yeah. yeah. and it's just for the media. Mm-hmm. Which again, it, our jobs are ridiculous, folks. I, I don't know if they still do this kind of stuff, but they did ten years ago. Um, and then after the game, when we got back from Auburn, from the Auburn game, we didn't get back, you know, uh, you know, guys, when that thing ended and then we had to write and write some more and then take the last shuttle back at like two 30 in the morning. Um, we got back there and they had a full breakfast buffet, including a bacon bar. Mm. So that's how, that's how they treat us out there. That's how they, we, we complain. We try, I try not to complain much about my job at all, 
um, because there are some ridiculous perks if you cover a good football team. Yeah. Let's go to our guy, Adam. Adam Check, rather. Mark M. Adam CZ. Uh, asks how the drive was in Miami with Ira. Did we talk ball, listen to music, talk work or crack jokes? Mainly talked ball. Every now and then he would turn the radio on. Like If there was 30 seconds of silence, Ira would turn the radio on. Like, sorry, dude. I'll think of something else to ask you so we can keep talking. Uh, but I love him. I love him. I, I, I'd, rather li- I'd rather talk than listen to music on a, on a drive. He loved the historic win to score 45 points on only 12 pass attempts, especially, especially against a rival on the road. I'm in awe of that stat. I keep thinking about 2023 and how special this team could be if the impact guys return. What does this team look like if Travis, Lovett, Verse, Jamie decide to move on? I think it will still be a very good team after listening to Adam Fuller talk about Patrick Payton, etc., if Travis does decide to move on from college life, do you think Mike hands the keys to Tate or Duffy, or does he hit the portal and bring in a guy who can win the job? Well, he, he would definitely hit the portal. You, yes. you can't go into a season with two, and they don't have anybody coming. Um, so you, you have to go hit the portal. But, yes, I would think um, Tate Rodemaker would definitely be given a chance to win the job. But I think, unlike last year, they really couldn't be in play for any kind of high-profile transfer quarterbacks or guys that wanted to go start at a Power 5 school and win games, like they weren't really in play for that because Jordan Travis was here and there was certainly no guarantee that you would win the job or even have a you know a legitimate chance to beat out Jordan Travis. I think next year quarterbacks will know, uh, not that they don't believe in Tate, not that they don't think he can get it done, but Tate has proven almost next to nothing in college football. So the job's wide open. If you go in there and compete and play better than Tate Rodemaker, you'll win the job. Um, so I think they'll, they'll get a, the pool will be bigger for them to fish out of pond. Why do I don't fish in pool? The pond will be bigger to fish out of next year. If they are on in the market, I try to get some clarity out of Mike Norvell about that, uh, in terms of like, is what's happening right now? Is that just what Mike does when he has a quarterback that he kind of likes, or is this like uniquely Jordan Travis? He didn't answer, but I think they'll be in a position to Corey's point to, to get somebody really good in the transfer portal. Maybe not as good as Jordan Travis, but probably good enough to keep this thing rolling to where this offense is still productive. Uh, let's keep it in this sort of sphere. I mean, he talked about Jordan leaving. Uh, Cole Four asks, what are the odds that Jordan returns next season? And if he does, what's the ceiling? And the question also comes uh, here to package together from what number are we? Number 14. I think I already breezed by it. Mahogany Strat, if we have enough NIL money allocated to keep four offensive players and one defensive player from leaving, who would you choose? So Jordan's one of mine, obviously. And I think, I think I don't know, 75% he returns right now. Corey, what do you think percentage chance if you had to say Jordan Travis returns in 2023? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel good about their chances, but it's not concrete. Um, I just, look, man, I, again, I, I think he's got, I think Florida State will put a package together to make it worth his while to come back. I, sorry, not Florida State, Rising Spear. Florida yes. State. As we talked on headlines, Florida State doesn't know what's going on. They don't even know what Rising Spear is. No clue. But one of these collectives will put a package together um, to make it a very attractive offer for Jordan Travis to stay. Um, And it's just a matter of if he wants to do that or if he's done with college. Um, I would think he's having his – I mean, he's he's doing what he's doing. He's becoming a household name. Um, He's he's had a really good season. He's got a chance to be in a preseason, like, All-American type candidate next year. He'll certainly be one of the – preseason all ACC caliber players next year you mean you go into this year remember it was like you know Sam Hartman Malik Cunningham um on and on Devin Leary 
uh, Tyler Van Dyke, Brandon Armstrong. All these other guys were bit, were bigger names than Jordan Travis. Well, next year the only guy that'll be a bigger name than him is the kid at North Carolina. That's it. So he could he would have a chance. He'd be on the cover of magazines if they still do that. I, I think there's a lot of reasons for him to come back. Um, mainly, there's there should be some money there, and there's no money at all at all guaranteed to him when he's done playing football at Florida State. None. He could make a roster. He might not ever play professional football again. Like those, those are options there. This is not a surefire top two round pick. This is not a guy that's definitely going to make a roster because of the measurables and and well, mainly because of the measurables. Um, so so yeah, he'll have, I, I I would say 70 percent probably is where I where I lean towards that. Um, and then yeah, if you the one defensive player I I, de- I desperately want back is Verse. Uh, I just don't know how realistic that is. Um, if not him, love it. Yeah, and then well, no, Jamie Robinson. But I, I again, I think I think Burse and Robinson. I would be very surprised if not very surprised, but I would be surprised if either one of them came back. Um, but the other offensive guys, you're talking about Johnny Wilson. I, I don't even know who else would be an option. Trey Benson. Right. Um, if all those guys come back, like look, if the offense comes back mostly intact, except for uh, who Dylan Gibbons and Demetri Emanuel, you're going to be a top ten, top fifteen preseason team. Okay. With one of the best offenses in the United States, so if Norvell gets an extension at the end of this year and gets a bump in pay by a million, million and a half, two million dollars, he might need to make a donation to Rising Spear. Mm. Shout out to Corey for inadvertently answering these two questions. I'll just read the questions you already answered just about what this team could be next year with all these guys coming back. Shout out to Captain D underscore sixty three, our guy Daryl in Thomasville, North Carolina, taking a victory lap that he did predict ten and three, and we all called him crazy. Uh, you right. Uh, shout out. I was wondering, you know, with ten and three, well, let's not let's not celebrate yet. Let's well, not celebrate yet. Yeah, he just believes in the coaching staff and thinks uh, with a good recruiting class and with what we have coming back, uh, playoff run possible? Question mark. And then our guy here at the bottom, six one four Noel. He's in Ohio. He was actually born in the same Maryland hospital as Dave Chappelle, and then he says, "Well, all the guys coming back." You know the ones that believe in the climb getting better. What do you think the chances are that they beat LSU to start the season? Eh, I mean LSU is going to be good there. I think their quarterback's coming back too. Uh, I don't know. I think Florida State might be like a one and a half point favorite. Maybe if most Florida State guys come back, I would, I would, I would, I would think Florida State would have a very good chance of winning that game. They, they, you know, they already beat them. They already outplayed them. It's the same players. Um, I know LSU's good. I know they're getting better, but so is Florida State. And they'll have a year more of experience. They'll have four, four or five more guys out of the portal um, that might be really good. Um, and, yeah, I, I would I, – and they'll be playing in front of a mostly Florida State crowd. So I, I would like their uh, their chances to win that game if if the right guys come back. Yeah. But I, I would think, yeah, Florida State in this conference, especially if – Clay, if Kate Klubnick doesn't kind of start lighting it up for, I don't know if they're going to turn to him or finish out the string with DJ Uyunglele. Um, but yeah, if you return the guys, I mean, if you'd have to bring back Verse, you need to bring back Jordan, you need to get Fabian to come back. I, I don't think Jamie comes back, but obviously that would help. I think you could maybe convince yourself that you could sneak into the top four teams in the in the country. I don't know how legitimate everybody else is going to think. I mean, I think Florida will be ranked preseason high teens, you know, 13, 14, 15, something like that. Um, but we saw what that led you to in 2013. Not that they'll be that same team, but again, you know, you can you can dream that dream. I won't I won't LOL at you, Daryl, 
if you think they're going to make the playoff if all these guys come back. But all these guys coming back uh, is kind of a tough, tall, uh, tall ask. Let's go to the running back portion of the show, Corey. Mobile, no. Uh, former FSU running back LaDamian Webb recently set a new record at South Alabama. He ran for 247 yards and four scores on only 35 carries. With a loaded running back room, do you think anyone would transfer? Rodney Hill, C.J. Campbell look amazing. I would hate to see them transfer out. So keep that in the back of your mind while I also talk about TDFSU. What other notable FSU game has a running back taken over in such a dominant fashion the way Trey did against Miami? The yards don't portray how much rear end he kicked. Also, he asked me, what do I think Trey's ceiling could be at Florida State? Greg Jones-ish? Greg Jones-ish could be possibly the ceiling? And then, who was the other guy that had a running back question? Tennis ump. But it doesn't match up to what I have written down, so... Talk about the running backs, Corey. How good was Trey Benson's game against Miami? Has anybody compared taking over in such dominating fashion in a notable game like that? Yeah, I mean, Dalvin had a bunch. I'd go that. Cam Akers had a few. Um, but what the cool thing about Trey is that we knew immediately that Dal- as soon as Dalvin Cook and, and Cam Akers started running the football for Florida State, you're like, oh, yeah, that's he's really good. He, that's a really good football player. Um, maybe exceptional. Maybe he's going to be a superstar. With Trey Benson, it didn't start out that way, man. He was bad against LSU. He wasn't very good. He was the third best running back on the team, and now he looks like the, one of the best running backs in the United States. Um, you know, he never played college football. Now he has. Uh, guys, he's, 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 de- he's developing so much confidence in himself that he's slapping high fives with Miami players after he trucks them. Like, it's just he's a different kid because he's got confidence. He's done it now in a game. And, yeah, man, I think he's, uh, I think he's really uh, special. I, I, I don't know that I'd say I, that it's the most dominant, one of the most dominant games I've seen from a running back, but he did kind of just, those guys flew off him. They bounced off him. They flew off him. He kind of uh, bullied them, which is really cool to see. And the guy's only going to get better, man. He doesn't, he still only has about 80 career college carries. He's just going to keep getting better and better. Yeah. With the, with the question about transferring, if Trayshawn Ward does come back, which I mean, there's no reason to think he won't necessarily, you, it will be interesting because you're going to have four dudes in that backfield that are all good, that are all going to need carries. They, 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 Rodney Hill's the truth, man, and they got to find a way to start using him. So I don't know that you can have a four-headed monster. I'm not predicting anyone will transfer, but I, I just they've got to find a way to get Rodney Hill involved next year. Absolutely. Yeah, you don't want to think about one of them transferring, but it's hard also to imagine all four of them sticking around. Uh, but we'll see. Who knows? Crazier things have happened. Okie Knoll. Wake up, fellas. Uh, let's get to the question. When do you dish out a raise and extension to Mike? If, As we record this, on Wednesday, Elijah Drinkwitz, head coach at Mighty Missouri, he signed an extension that will pay him $7 million American dollars next year. $7 million. And we've talked on this show plenty about the difference between what they can do in that conference and what we can do in this conference. I take it back. Six million in 2023. Man, he's going to get an extension, Norvell. Uh, He's probably going to get $7 million, I would think, per year. Look, if he gets to nine or ten wins, uh, you you can't really argue about him deserving. He's definitely going to get us an extension. um, But... I just, 
who is Missouri bidding against? Aslan? Yeah. I don't know. Is somebody knocking down the door for Drinkowitz? No. I mean, what, what, why would they do that other than to just rise, raise the price for everybody else, everybody else in the country? Oh, well, Missouri's paying their guy $6 million. I guess we got to bump it up to $6 because he's better than him. Uh, yeah, I just it's just more out-of-control spending in college football. What else is new? Yeah. He makes more than Josh Heupel does currently, but that, that will obviously change too. But you I know. feel like that's going to change in about nine minutes. Yeah. That's Not, crazy. Heupel, you would have thought, would already have uh, extended. Yeah, right. I, I would have extended before I walked on the field in Athens. I'd be like, hey, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Here's my contract. I yeah. wouldn't have walked into the locker room after beating Alabama <laughs> without an extension. Yeah. You know, no one's lighting a cigar in this room until I get more money. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's going to get an extension at the end of the year. Uh, because you, what are you going to do? Although, at the same time, Corey, I don't want to entertain this question too much because we have so many to get to. I mean, what what does Mike Norvell do if you're like, nah, we're good, man. We'll get we'll bump you up to like five and we'll add two years, but we're not gonna give you seven we're not gonna give you seven over five more years. We're not we can't I mean, we're not gonna do that. I mean what happens if what happens if you quote unquote like call his bluff? Or Jimmy Sexton's I mean, bluff. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where he I mean, it depends on who's all, who's interested in him, who's looking for a coach where he might be interested. I I would just have a hard time listening to Mike Norvell over the last three years have a hard time believing he's looking to go anywhere. Yeah. Um, so you're. I don't think you're extending to keep other people away. You're extending, number one, to keep him happy. You're extending to show um, faith in your coach so he can go on the recruiting trail and recruit these kids. But I don't know, man. I don't know that any of that really matters in the world of NIL. Like, I don't know that a kid's going to be like, well, I appreciate the offer, coach, but you've only got three years left on your deal. Right. I, I don't know that that's ever been said in a living room, ever. Yeah. So who who knows, man? Who knows? Just Jimmy Sexton running the sport. <laughs> Noel 2019, um, I should probably skip over this one, but they were asking me when I said the other week about how Florida State and Florida girls are pretty similar, but Florida State and Florida guys are different. This stood out to me. thought it was curious. Can you explain what you meant? Yeah, I'm curious too, Aslan. What did you mean by that? Let's I can't go. articulate it well. Just. It. I think Florida State guys, I think we're a little bit more worldly. I think we're a little bit more well-rounded. I think we have the social aspect of life, and, you know, we're about our business as well. I think Florida dudes are a little bit more bookish, maybe to put it diplomatically. I don't think they're nearly as extroverted and as charismatic as most dudes that go to Florida State. So I like my chances heads up against any dude from Florida in my weight class. Uh, not, not fighting, that too, but just, you know, uh, we can overpower just these in people. Life. Yeah, we're okay, just right. we're just built differently up in here in you Tallahassee. Are. Exactly right. Tell them, Aslan. Tell yeah. them. So that was my uh, my theory. All right, let's get to the Syracuse portion of the show. We've got four questions that deal with Syracuse. I'll try to read them, and Corey will somebody to shut up at some point and answer them. Or right, let's go a little bit rapid fireish, Corey. How about that? You want to do that? Shake hands. Let's do it, man. Okay. Let's do it. Beham FSU. I know each team dictates the game plan, but do you expect Jordan? to attempt over or under 15 passes and let the run game carry the team against Syracuse like it did against Miami, or will he be throwing the ball more? So what do you think, like 15 over or under? Over. Over, yeah. It I mean, could be way over. Um, I, Syracuse isn't going to let Florida State just run all over them like Miami did. Um, they won't quit. So Florida State will have to pass the ball. Okay. I like that. I mean, yeah, that, that was a bit of an anomaly, which just makes that win over them that much more enjoyable, that you know, 12 times – 45 points, as Mark said earlier in the program. Beautiful, beautiful. 
Colorado, no. Gentlemen, wake up. Does the fact that Syracuse is coming off back-to-back losses, you left off a back there, Colorado. It's actually back-to-back-to-back losses. Does it make them more vulnerable, Corey, do you think, or more dangerous? Vulnerable. No, I think it's more vulnerable. I think they've had a lot of confidence taken away. I think they've also been hit by the injury bug. They lost a really good uh, cornerback for the year, um, and they don't have – you know, you just it hurts when when you lose three in a row. You know, your fans lose trust in you. They lose interest, especially at that school. And uh, you might lose trust in yourself a little bit too. So no, I, I think that you you have a wounded team, sure. But I, I I just think you're better than they are. I just think you're better than they are. And if you put it on them early, get ahead early, um, it could be a you you could win comfortably because they'll be like, here we go again. We're not nearly as good as we thought. We're about to lose at home again. Yeah, and that quarterback, which I assume might try to tough it out and play Garrett Schrader. I still don't know just how you know gung ho he's going to be after a coach said that you know he's dealing with an owie that they're sensitive to. Not sure. I really want to you know nut up for a guy that's calling whatever I'm dealing with an owie, but that's just oh, yeah. me. Who do you? Yeah, I know. Who do you nut up for? <laughs> Guys that want to climb. <laughs> Amen, brother. Shady Knoll twenty five. Worried a little bit about the defense. Can they contain Garrett Schrader, assuming that he does play and is at full strength? I don't even know if we can assume full strength if he does play, but for the exercise of this question, let's assume he'll be full strength, Corey. He shred us on the ground last year for 137 and three scores, and so far this year we've struggled with containing mobile quarterbacks like Jaden Daniels and Malik Cunningham, who both ran for over 100. They're all great athletes. I understand that keeping them contained is easier said than done, but do you think this will be a point of emphasis for Adam Fuller as they prepare for the possibility of facing Schrader again? Without Schrader, I feel very confident the Knowles win dominantly, but if he plays, it could get interesting. Accurate. Yeah, he's a bit of a wild card. He's he's He kind of reminds you the way he runs of, uh, I don't know, man. Do you remember Randall Cunningham back in the day? What? Like, the get way Schrader? Ran- Listen to me. Number one, I didn't just want to compare him to another. I was going to say Josh Allen, and I'm like, oh, there you go. Just compare him to another big white guy. So I was trying to think of a long-legged, not white quarterback that was a mobile quarterback. And what I mean by that is obviously he's not as twitchy as Randall Cunningham. Nowhere close, Corey. Nowhere close. Let me finish. When Randall Cunningham gets in the open field, you don't catch him. Long strides like a sprinter almost. And that's what Schrader was last year. You remember, like – he looked he looked like he couldn't make anybody miss in the pocket. He didn't look he didn't look like he was mobile at all. And then as soon as he gets around the corner and hits top speed, he's running by your safeties. Like th- th- that speed is legit now. It's not just oh he's he's fast for a quarterback or he's fast for a big kid. He was running away from your safeties last year when he gets in the open field. But it's harder for him to get in the open field. He's not elusive like Jordan Travis. He's not elusive like Malik Cunningham or Jane Daniels. But he's faster than all of He's as fast as all of them. I promise you. That was You remember that game, Aslan? You were there. I think, anyway. I'm not, I'm, I, can't, I can't believe. I can't believe. You need to go back and watch his too long time. So that was the thing. He had 130 uh, yards. Jalen Hurts, maybe? I mean, if you want to be, you know, the United Nations, maybe Jalen Hurts. But, oh, Randall, dude. Randall, come on. I just oh. It was the first one that came to mind. I literally was just talking about when they get in the open field running full speed. Okay. Like, it, they, they run away from people. Not Again, right. his mobility is not like Randall Cunningham's because Randall Cunningham could make people miss in tight windows. Right. This kid isn't that. But when you give him an avenue to run through and there is a hole, he hits it, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, he's faster than everybody on the field. That's weird. 
And that happened twice last year. He had two 50-yard runs in that game. Yeah. That but, was yeah, then. that was the thing. So, so I, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yes, so Adam Fuller certainly is prepared for it. They saw it up close last year. Uh, he's done a pretty good job this year running, too. But um, but I was going to say that he had 130 yards rushing, but they all like three of it came on three – or 120 came on three carries. Otherwise, they bottled him up pretty well, and he didn't make people miss. So if he's not Jaden Daniels, I guess I should say. Like, he's not a guy that – um, is going to make two guys miss or one guy miss in the open field and turn a three-yard loss into a 21-yard run. But if you get if you lose containment, which they did a couple of times last year, that kid will make you pay for a 55-yard touchdown. Yeah. So don't lose containment, guys. You got the you got the white Randall Cunningham coming at you. <laughs> I do think Tatum Bethune being out there is a, a bit of a upgrade for Florida State versus last year. I think Versa McClendon. A little bit maybe more athletic than Jermaine and Kier. Um, no, I love Kier, love Jermaine, but I just think maybe maybe Jared and Derek can chase him down a little bit from behind and kind of make up some gaps there. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, if, if he's healthy, which again, unlikely, I would think, he's a threat yeah. for sure, for sure. Yes, correct. Uh, sticking with Syracuse, last one, tennis ump, wake up. Since we have rushed for over 200 yards in four straight games, we follow that script that Notre Dame had and make it five in a row while dominating on the ground. Seems to be working well. No reason to get away from it that I can tell. Drink that awesome Deluna coffee. Get some wings at CP. Thanks for all you guys do. I mean, yeah, they're definitely going to try to. I mean, if you can run for 240 at Miami and 240 against Clemson, you – you should be able to do it in the in the in the dome against Syracuse. Now, again, they're gonna they, they do a lot of different stuff, and they are a defense that tries. They don't quit. They they played well this last week. Um, they gave up a lot of rushing yards, but they only gave up like three and a half yards per carry. All Pitt did was run. They ran like 35, 38 times. Um, so it, it's a little bit unique the way they play defense, and they do have guys that can make plays, and they do fly around. But you also know they're after watching that game. The, the game, that the, the the most recent game, they are going to be hell-bent on making sure you don't run for 200 yards against them, which you would think is going to open up some stuff over the top. Winkles, if we go 10-3, and three, are y'all willing to commit to streaking around Doke? One lap, hanging brain, doing the chop. Uh, no no chance, man. Come on now. I've got a, I've got a high school son. I can't. I can't be putting stuff. I can't be doing stuff like that. He can't be hearing about his dad streaking around, um, Doke. Now I'll go shirtless. You know, I'll, I'll any excuse to go shirtless, but that's not streaking, right, Aslan? You've got to be completely nude to count for streaking. Correct. Correct. Yeah. No. No chance. Not even to the quad. We're not even going to the quad. You folks have a better chance of winning a whole bunch of free money over at mybookie.ag when you use the promo code WarChant. Your first deposit will be matched instantly, dollar for dollar, right there on the spot, up to $1,000. Again, mybookie.ag, promo code WARCHANT. You can bet on the NFL. You can do live betting. You can parlay these games together. You can get better odds and even a parlay when you use the money-back feature where you spin, place a bet, and you get epic odds on individual athletes, games, money lines, everything, all the kit and caboodle you have at mybookie.ag. Again, the money bag feature, promo code WARCHANT. Go over to my bookie. Florida State over on my bookie, a six and a half point favorite. 51 points to the over under. I think you'll like the predictions that we made on the WARCHANT report when it comes to uh, covering that. Maybe even in the over. 
can parlay it all together. World's your oyster over at MyBookie. Use that promo code MyBookie.ag. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Growing up, my dad used to take me to the game at the stadium. We'd watch our favorite team play, and then we'd always eat at Zaxby's. That's why it means so much to me that Zaxby's is the official chicken of college fans. To me, they go together perfectly. It reminds me of my dad and... Oh, come on, Rap! Are you serious? Get some glasses! Terrible call! Now, I take my kids to the game, and we always eat at Zaxby's, too. It's tradition. We're proud to be the official chicken of college fans. Zaxby's, indescribably good. And don't forget to listen in for the Zaxby's indescribably good player of the week every Monday on Wake Up War Chant. Um, quickly, let's go to the Florida portion of the program. Sam MH, wake up. I know this is looking ahead, but for real, what are our chances at stomping the Gators? He thinks it'll be closer than we want it to be. S. Quinn 67, what's your favorite Gator game memory? For him, 96, living in Tallahassee with my sister, uh, or rather, living in Tallahassee, and me and my sister, a Florida student at the time, refused to go home for Thanksgiving because it was such a big game. She was coming to Tallahassee, so my mom and dad packed up their stuff and rolled into town for the holiday. Mom made dinner in a tiny apartment and all my friends that wouldn't miss the game either came over for dinner what a fantastic weekend unfortunately we didn't finish the season properly in new orleans but hey another top four finish great times go Knowles. s quinn 67 can they stomp yeah. the gators yeah with a chance i don't know 35 i'll give like a 25 percent chance they win by three or more scores yeah i'm really interested in what florida looks like this week um because, man, it's it's just hard to take anything away from their win in College Station when half of Texas A&M's team didn't play. South Carolina isn't great, uh, but that's going to be a tough game for them, or should be anyway. So I, I want to see how they compete in that game um, before I make any, like, real declarations on how I expect the Florida State-Florida game to go. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't expect a blowout. Um, Florida's going to play hard, and they've got a good offense. They've got the best offense. They probably got the best offense Florida State will have seen since uh, Wake. So, uh, yeah, and they didn't do very well against Wake. So let's hope that that should be a very close game and an exciting, entertaining game. I think these are the last ones we'll package, and then I think everything else will kind of be piecemealed out. But this kind of goes back to we could have probably bundled it with the Norvell contract extension. Null for life, CO 2007. He clarifies CO is indeed class of. Uh, Norvell's biggest recruiting job, I believe, will be getting some of our draft-eligible players to come back. So in your mind, in order for our beloved Knowles to be back and not simply back on track, what absolutely has to happen as the team closes out the season and moves into the offseason? And our guy, NYC Knoll, he's going to the Syracuse game. Ask where we'll be. We will be at home. Ira will be there, though. He is very impressed with how mentally ready Mike is and how he had them ready against Miami. 
I'm convinced he's our guy. Does that all go away if we come out looking a little sloppy this week or the weeks thereafter? Me? Uh, uh, no, I think I think Mike's done it. What? Well, I mean, it won't be what? great if you lose to Florida. It won't be great, but I again, man, I, I think. And speaking on the War Chain report, you know, Jeff, I asked Jeff if this is a jet airplane, are, are we merely pushing off? the gate right now and getting ready to kind of get on to the to the runway or is this thing on the runway now and getting ready to go somewhere uh fast and he's he said the liars like you know this thing is on a runway getting ready for bigger better things so for that to 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 be back you know not back on track to be back to, to the first person's question like you have to beat florida at home i mean it's what bobby did all the time it's what jimbo did most of the time you have to beat florida you have to win this string out here and, yeah, I mean, if, if you end up losing to Syracuse or you lose to Florida, I'm not saying you don't give him an extension, but you, you feel a little bit – you don't feel nearly as great as you do about the way things are going. And if, if you lose to Florida, I mean, you've got like three weeks to, to simmer on that. That's a first-year staff. They're going to use that to recruit against you, and maybe that does slow up your recruiting sort of momentum. So, yeah, if you're recruiting in the, in the 15, 16, 17 range and you just lost to Florida, I don't think you're back – and I don't think you necessarily feel great about giving him $7.5 million. But you probably still will have to give him $7.5 million. Because that's what the world we live in, right? I don't think they'll be anywhere. I don't think they're going to be anywhere close to $7.5 million. But um, I, I do think that he'll get an extension, like we said. But look, man, if they finish 8-4, and four, no matter how they get to 8-4, and four, if you'd have told us that before the season, you'd have taken that in a heartbeat. And it is real tangible proof of how much better this program is getting. So, yes, it would be disappointing if you lost to Syracuse or if you lost your finale to Florida. But I don't think it means the, the plane uh, – you have to deplane and get off because there's a mechanical failure. I still think it shows the people that need to be shown that, yeah, we're believe in my message because what I've been saying is the truth. We are getting better, and we are about to be a good program again. Like, I don't – as long as you don't finish with losses, like three losses, or if you go two and one – down this back stretch, I think, I think everything's still on point. Everything, the, the blueprint is still there, and I think everything is still on schedule. I think there's no way you would say it's a disappointing season if you finish eight and four. It could be a disappointing finish if you lose to the darn Gators again yeah. when you're the better team. But you know, look, man, look at how much better the program is. And you're trying to sell the program. You're not just trying to sell beating Florida. You're trying to sell the program and wh where this thing came from two years ago to where it is now. You know, project another two years. It could be really, really good. So I think that's still on point, even if you uh, lose one of these last three games. No, I like that. Disappointing finish, not disappointing season. That's accurate. And yeah. for them to be back, I mean, I don't know what they can do. Again, to close the season, just throttle everybody, man. Beat Louisiana. Beat them 45-3. to I mean, do to them what you did to Miami, the, what you used to do to FBS team. To I'm sorry, what you used to do to, to group of five teams that would you would play. Um, beat Florida at home, but I don't know if that really would say that you're back back. I mean, you would also need to follow that up in the offseason, to Noel for Life's question, with, I don't know, like a top five recruiting class. I don't know if they were going to be able to close the gap that much um, to get to that no, point. No, but I, I, think that's, I, I think that's right. When you talk about being back, and I don't even know what context we're using as back, like top two in the ACC Atlantic or like top four in the country. Yeah. But um, Probably the you latter. Know, you, you, you've got to stack it up with player acquisition. That's, yeah. that's when you'll know you're back, when you're getting um, 
obviously better players at the high school level, in the high school ranks, and you are finishing around top 10 in the country in recruiting. I don't know if you have to be top five, but you need to be top 10. And then you also keep doing what you're doing in the portal, maybe to an even bigger degree, because now you have two years of proof of guys coming to your program out of the portal and having great seasons. So you, you really, there's no excuse not to, now you need to be picky because you can be picky, but I think there's no excuse now to be like not one of the better teams in the country in the portal. You should get eight or nine really good players out of the portal. So do that on top of having a nine or 10 win season. And then, yeah, I think that's the step you take to know you're going to be close to being back. You keep, you keep replenishing the roster. Well, said. so this isn't a one-off, you know what I mean? Like, right. What if a lot of these guys leave? You don't want this to just be a one-off and you won nine games. Like you, you, you want you want this to be the start of something, not the culmination. So you, th- that's why this needs to be. You need to stack up player acquisition on top of a of a good season. Yeah. Same way that Alabama, like, is Alabama done for? Probably need to see a little bit more of them struggling before you're like, all right, they're done. Probably need to see this thing string together for more than one more year to be like, all right, we're back. But we're on the right path. I think we all can agree, like, we don't need to look at the GPS constantly. Like, all right, we're good. We're good. We're good right now. Here's a good question. My truth, wake up. Who are the best twos on each side of the ball? Hmm. That is a good question. You got an answer? Maybe a Zarie on defense? Assuming that we say Jarian is with the ones? I would say Patrick Payton. Better answer. Yeah. Offensively? And maybe maybe Greedy Vance. Oh. He's, he's, work, I mean, he's starting okay. to work into my – he had another couple of nice plays on uh, during Wednesday's practice where I'm like, I'm starting to, starting to like what I'm seeing out of that Louisville transfer. I think Patrick Payton's my answer, though. Okay. I agree. Yeah, I like Patrick Payton. And that's the answer. Offensively – I, we got to probably – we can't say any of the running backs because I don't even – I mean, I don't know who's who, – I mean, Treshawn Ward's your best running back. We, you know, I thought we thought that, and who knows uh, what, what Trey Benson did last week, how much that affects it, but let's not go with the running backs. And then I don't know, it's, it's hard to say on offense, right, because they do you – know, your, your wide receivers are coming in and out of the lineup so often. I mean, Darius Washington was probably the answer two weeks ago, but now he's running with the ones, or at least he did against Miami. I don't know if he did this week or not. I wasn't paying attention. What about Jakai? Yeah, okay, I like that. Yeah, because I think if you think about your first team offensive, like if you're going to run three receivers out there, he's probably not the one of the three receivers. Right. But of the next unit, you're like, I like that guy. I mean, I think the answer, though, if you look at who started most of the games, it's going to be Trey Benson because I don't think he started many of the games. But I don't, like Aslan said, I don't view him as a backup or a second stringer. He gets as many carries as everybody else. So I think that's, you know, Toa Feely, Ward, and Benson, I don't look at any of them as second second string. According to uh, the folks over at Pro Football Focus, which why would it tell me that he hasn't played any? Oh, because it has the defense pulled up here. Let me go look on offense. He has started a grand total of two games, Georgia Tech and Miami. Played. I thought he looked pretty good in both those games. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Yeah. He graded out just about as high as any other games in those two that he started too. So uh, good problem to have. Good problem mm. to have. Teacher Noel, wake up. One last comment from the Miami game, courtesy of Cousin Eddie. 
I haven't seen a beating like that since somebody stuck a banana in my pants and turned a monkey loose. Which vacation is that from? No clue. No idea. It's not Christmas, and it's not the original. The original is always the best. You look like you could use a cold one, Clark. And then he hands him the beer he's been drinking and opens up a fresh one for himself. That's a Randy Quaid. I know he's gone off the reservation and it's a complete nut job now, apparently. Um, but man, he was uh, he was really funny in those movies. All right, let me get back to uh, back on schedule here. Uh, Jocko, Jaco, Jackson County, Noel Truitt. Um, teams throwing money. Programs that are primarily concentrating on throwing money at their problems and recruiting are reaping the seeds of selfish athletes that bring cancerous attitudes to a locker room. Mike Norvell seems to be the guy that puts more stock into character. As a result, it's brought us harder working athletes that will go play for the guy next to them and buy into our work ethic. As far as I'm concerned, we can let AM and Miami buy their cancerous five stars that will look out for themselves over their team. We'll continue to look for character and develop athleticism. Eventually, that will speak louder with sustained positive results. All right. I don't know, man. Well, I look, like five stars. Um, I like I like five stars a lot. I like them a lot. Yeah, but there is there there's an interesting dynamic that's going that that's going to be taking in college football locker rooms here soon, and it is that dynamic of. You know, Ira brought up uh, Tyler Van Dyke saying it at ACC media days or ACC kickoff, whatever we call it, yeah. how ridiculous it is that recruits are getting money. Like, and this is a guy that plays at Miami. So clearly he knows that John Ruiz is paying recruits to come to that school and he's calling it ridiculous and he plays with those players. So it is going to create some friction in a locker room because, I mean, you just haven't earned anything. If you listen to me, if you listen to this show, you know that Aslan and I have no problem with guys getting paid. I do kind of have an issue with guys getting paid because they were good at Polk High School. Like, you, you know, you once like J Jordan Travis getting a million dollars, maybe theoretically or whatever, for coming back for his senior year. Man, good on you. He's earned it, and he may he's making that kind of money for the university. You might be signing a kid that's an absolute bust and giving him money that he hasn't earned yet. And I know that's just how the world works, but I get why older school fans would not be a fan of it. But I also understand the, the ramifications in a locker room of, I don't know, man. Um, I'm trying to think of an example. Like Johnny Wilson making less money than Pokey Wilson. Or Hakeem Williams. For example, I mean, uh, much better example, much better example. Like, yeah, man, that could cause some friction, man. Like that. That's so um, I now look the, the the answer to Florida State's issues. If they oh, there you go. Just get right in front of me. That made a lot of sense. You went around me to cut me off. And Camry TBU. I'm not going to give away the license plate, but the Toyota Camry with Georgia plates that just cut me off for no reason. What color is the Camry? Um, Let's shame them a little it's, bit. Uh, silver. Okay. Silver white looking. It's a, it's a dusk right now, so but it looked like silver white. Um, so yeah, I do wonder about that stuff about the the locker room dynamics of. And look, people can say, well, look, what about NFL locker rooms? NFL guys, for the most part, don't have any problem with the dudes getting paid because they know they've earned it. Um, like Odell Beckham, whenever he signs with a team for whatever he's going to sign with, Odell Beckham's been an awesome player in the NFL for five or six years, so he's earned it. 
this kid that's done nothing in college coming into your program who might not even play or start making a lot of money and then apparently at 8M smoking weed after losses, that's not a great look. And it is, it does kind of, it does lend itself to it's all about me. It's all about me. It's not about what I'm joining. That said, the fine line you have to balance here, the delicate line you have to walk, I think that's the way I should say it, is you do want good players. You're not going to win championships with three-star players. You're just not. The last team to do it was like Navy. with Stahl, And even Stallback was a five-star. You remember that recruitment. Aslan? Yeah, I mean, golly. Oh, he turned down everyone. He, he, had the, he had the TV show. Well, it was, a, he had the goat. It was one of those yeah. movie reels. He had the goat underneath the uh... – he had the goat underneath yeah. the table, brought it out, you know, for the middies. Yeah, and of course it wasn't live TV back then. He did it for one of those movie reels before they showed movies. But still, it was it was still a it was it took over the it took over the country. Stallback just plays a goat. So, but look, man, three star three star teams don't um, don't win championships. You want you want guys with great character. You want guys that are going to play hard. You want. I don't know, man. I'm trying. I, I try not to be cruel to the. I'm not going to be cruel. This isn't a cruel take. You want DJ Lundy's. You want them on your football team. Guys that are willing to sacrifice, play multiple positions, um, get better. Uh, but you also want Telvin Smiths and, and Marvin Joneses. Yeah. Like DJ Lundy might be the best kid in the world, the hardest worker in the world. He's not Telvin Smith. He's not going to win you as many games as Telvin Smith or Marvin Jones are. So you've, you've got you've to get both is the hope. Uh, but in a, the NIL complicates it for sure. And it's it's not mutually sorry that was a long answer. No, no, yeah. well. it's also not mutually exclusive, man. I mean, just because you're a five star and you you want the most money you can get doesn't mean you're an absolute blank bird. You know, I mean, it's it's. Yeah. But I get it though. I mean, you look at A and M and just what they did to get who they have and what they are now reaping because of it, and you're like, man, we got to stay away from that. And I, and I understand your trepidation for sure. There's there's validity to that. I mean, there's. There's a certain line that you have to walk about. I want to get the most money I can. I want to set my family up as best I can. But then you also have to realize, all right, well, now I have to go out and earn it. I got to do everything I can to, to prove that I'm worth it. And if you get one or two of those guys, I mean, that might kind of feed off into other guys also mailing it in. But it's also about having other guys that are going to keep people accountable. So you're walking into a good situation out floor. Say, I don't know like who – I don't think a had any really any leaders, man. I mean, their quarterback situation is a mess. Uh, again, they all these defensive linemen they brought in were all pretty much paid for. So I think there's there's more of a culture, dare I say, or a foundation that's been laid here in Florida State that's probably a little bit better to build off of than what Jimbo was trying to do in terms of just, all right, man, I need to reload this thing as soon as I can, as quick as I can. It doesn't matter. Let me cut a corner here and there and just get all the best dudes in here. And it's like, all right, that's, that sounds good to get all the best players in there, but there's there's other things to be mindful of. I think I do think it helps. I, I do think it helps though with with Norbell because I do think these players know that he's not going to give anybody a break just because they were a five star kid. He's right. going to coach them the right. exact same. I saw him on um, when was on Wednesday. He was coaching. Who was he coaching? C.J. Campbell mm-hmm. on a, like a little swing pass, um, coaching him like he was Trey Benson. Just he he treats them all the same, and, and I think they own that. And I do think that's a good point you're bringing up is in place and your foundation is in place, these five-star guys will adjust to the culture. The culture won't become them. But you need to go get a couple five-star guys. Let's let's test that theory out. Yeah. I mean, I know this is before NIL, but do we think that Alabama was just getting everybody because Nick's the best? I mean, listen, they had 
you know, they found a way Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy and Devontae Smith, they all coexisted. You know, they all, they weren't complaining about getting their snaps and their catches um, because he had everything set up quite well in terms of like a culture and a foundation. So let's strive for that. Let's let's look at the Saban model and not the Jimbo Fisher model for what we want to accomplish. How about that? Mm. Coming from a Jimbo Fisher guy. There you go, Aslan. Well said, buddy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. NYC Knoll did also add, Aslan, you know I like everything about you, but we've already gone over the rules of the Sod Cemetery. Um, UF game, always Sod, Miami only when we are not favored. Have a great day. Drink DeLuna. Okay. I didn't know that. I thought all Miami and Florida games were, I thought they were always Sod. I, I also think that's dumb. Why wouldn't Miami be a Sod game if Florida is? Oh man! Well, it's also you know well, Osceola doesn't Osceola doesn't get off Renegade only unless it's Florida, so it just kind of goes to show you that you mm. can have I don't know rivals, but you always have to have that one arch rival, and it's the people in the orange britches in Gainesville. I feel like it would be pretty cool. It'd be pretty cool to have a uh, a monument of forty five to three. <laughs> I think it'd be pretty cool to have one of those. I think they should rewrite the rules and say any road win in Miami, you get one. Maybe like a piece of sod, you know, I don't know, something that's 45 feet tall, really tall, three feet wide. Mm. I don't know. Okay. Running right. out of options here. Running out of funny jokes. I don't have any more. Marlon, Joker, Gurr, Arye. Probably totally butchered it, but it's Marlon from Miami. Wake up, gents. I'm going to be on a high all year long when I drive over to Tallahassee next year with a van full of candy canes because I get to blast the war chant. But can Norvell get this team composed to finish 3-0 and give them Darn Gators, some of the same that we gave the Canes. Love the show. See you all next year at the CP. Go Knowles. Keep climbing. I would be a lot surprised. Of people looking past, Why would they walk back? Louisiana. A lot of people looking past Syracuse, buddy. Okay. A lot of people talking about the Gators. It's still a, it's still a couple of weeks away. It's after Thanksgiving, gang. We're not we're not in Thanksgiving yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I mean, look. Syracuse is wounded. Their quarterback's dinged up. I mean, Dino Babers might will, end up going from rival, ACC Coach of the Year to maybe getting fired. You know, it's uh, crazy what's going on in Syracuse. Yeah, I, but look, you build up a lot of goodwill, too, when you beat your team, your rival 45-3. to You don't want to spoil it by losing to that team at the end of the year. Because, again, one of Norvell's worst losses is the loss last year in Florida. Um that was just they didn't they had all that they had everything to play for. Um, they were much more motivated or should have been, and they just kind of choked and lost that game. And um, they don't need to do that again. Go ahead and go ahead and win. Go ahead and win out, Mike. Go ahead and win out, man. You're you're go do it. It start with a four game winning streak, and then bounce back from a three game losing streak with a six game winning streak. That's good stuff, Aslan. I'd like that. That's called response. Absolutely. And, you know, I thought this week was a good week of practice. I thought the two days that we saw uh, were quite well. So, I mean, that's that's part of getting them to composed, be composed and finish out the season strong. So hopefully one down and then two more to go after Syracuse. 
few more to go here. Let's go to random underscore John. Good morning, Aslan and Corey. Now that so many questions get asked, I have noticed the creativity in asking them seems to be falling by the wayside in place of basic, straightforward questions. At least during football season. Uh, so here's a straightforward question for you guys. Who catches more passes for FSU next year? Hakeem Williams or Destin Hill? What is the reason for your answer? I mean, Hakeem because I know he exists. Um, so, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Hakeem Williams. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, yeah. Destin Hill never no, showed up. He never yeah, showed he's up. Yeah, not here. Like, Hakeem should, if everything goes according to plan, will be on campus at some point. We you do might believe be a, that. You might be a 10-win team. Why would you want somebody who hasn't played football in three years? Think about Man, it. I, I'm telling you, you get, you get kind of uh, jazzed about the portal now. Yeah, I like. I know people don't like it, but again, I said this last week. But it's like it's kind of cool. Like, okay, well, if he does leave, or if he does leave, well, who's in the portal that's available? And it's like to me, that's more exciting than the recruiting because these guys are have already played. You know who they're. You know who they are. Like Jamie Robinson was a good player at South Carolina. We knew that. We knew that was a a bigger deal than signing Sidney Williams. So. I just think that's it's cool, man. This this new day and age where you go into free agency. All right, let's go to our guy Derek XCQ004. Wake up! The team is looking prime to finish the year on a six-game winning streak. I anticipate that the Gators will be the biggest challenge to the fantastic finish. Question: Give me a logical reason why Notre Dame is ranked ahead of us. I have racked my brain. I've got nothing. Um, same record, right? No, I think they're. Are they six and three, or are they five and four? What's Notre Dame's record? Checking out. They are six and three. Yes. I mean, and they they just beat Clemson by twenty one points, and you lost to Clemson. But you so beat LSU, they're, they're, the number seven team in the country, and um, they lost yeah. to Ohio State. Uh, Notre Dame also lost to Stanford, which was a Ugh, not a good loss. Gross. Um, and Marshall, but they, at didn't home. They, didn't they also beat North Carolina? Correct, 45-32 in Chapel Hill. Okay, well, there you go, man. They beat the two best teams in the ACC by ranking and record. Um, you know, they, it, yeah, you know, both teams are in the top 15. They have two top 15 wins. Florida State has one. Like, Florida State didn't lose to a bad team like Notre Dame did, but Florida State also doesn't have the number of quality wins that uh, Notre Dame does. I don't have any issue. Look, and I'll tell you if I think it's dumb. Like, I thought it was dumb that in, LSU was ranked ahead of Florida State when they had the same record. But I don't, I don't know that that's dumb. I, I, can, I can see why Notre Dame would be ahead. That was a pretty impressive win over Clemson. Yeah, I guess Clemson still has a shine. They still have the shine on them there. Uh, well, they were undefeated at number three in the country. <laughs> there we go. All pretty right. Good shine. There we go, Corey. There you go. Yeah. Um, all right, scrolling down. I think we only have a couple more here. Nolboy02. Hey, Alzon and Corey, wake up. When we look back after the season is over, which win will be considered Mike's signature win? LSU, Miami, or is it still to come? Man, I can't, I can't imagine what he would do to Florida. That would be a – and listen, I, I'd rather beat Florida than Miami every time. Every time, every time. Sorry. Sorry everybody lives down in South Florida. I get it. I was around them for 30 seconds out the car with Iron. I'm like, I, this reminds me of why I hate them so much. I understand. You're around them all the time. But for me, it's Florida. It always will be Florida. I, I can't imagine what they could do to Florida legitimately within the realm of possibility that would eclipse what they did to Miami. But still, I, I still think the, 
you know, crazy enough, I, I think the LSU game is a more signature win than Miami. All right, would you agree or disagree, Corey? I just wish it hadn't ended the way it ended. Like, okay. I think if you win that game 31-17 to 17, like you should have, yeah. that, that would have been a signature. But just kind of falling apart and then having to block an extra point, that was, that was not the greatest ending. Um, but, I, man, yeah, if they beat Florida, I think it's Florida because he's already beaten Miami. He'd already beaten Miami. He just beat the dog snot out of him again. But I think this Florida team is a bowl team. I think they're decent. Um, he needs to beat a rival, another rival. So that I think that could be a signature win. But also, man, maybe when we look back, depending on how the net last this this rest of this month plays out, maybe Louisville. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, like Louisville might finish with eight wins. You were on the road. You lost all those guys, including your starting quarterback. That's a very good point, Corey. Well said. I mean, Louisville, sneakily enough, they've they're currently on a four game rip. They got Clemson in Death Valley, though. Uh, also got to play at Kentucky, but that could be a team that could end up the season quite well, and you went through all that adversity. They're currently 6-3 and three right now, just like we are. Um, Seminole Carroll did a copyright. <laughs> I mean, she copied an entire article and pasted it in here. I'm not going to read it. Uh, she's kind of uh, – this is a anti-Miami rant that I'll pare down for all of us. Shout out Seminole Carroll. She grew up in Umatilla. Umatilla? Umatilla. It's a small town in Lake County. In 2003, when a Umatilla high school, uh, they had won the district championship, a Miami recruit came to Umatilla to recruit a player, a coach. Uh, basically, Miami saw that Umatilla was using the U logo for their logo at high school, and I guess they sent them a cease and desist. So that's why she doesn't like U, uh, Miami. Lots of schools have done that. I think a school in Alabama used I the Arizona A. Uh, shout out Andalusia and Arizona sent them a cease and desist. It happens way too much. It's it's gross. It's stupid. I I think there's a chance that Florida State has actually done that with uh, the Salem Seminoles in Georgia. Um, they had the same exact helmet and everything, but I could be wrong. They might have given them their blessing yeah. and everything was uh, copacetic. But I thought I remembered that happening too, where Florida State was not really fired up about them using their complete logo and and colors and all that. But yes, it happens. It happens. There are a lot of good reasons to not like Miami. That's got to. We got to push that down lower on the list. Um, is is all I'm saying. There's just there, just the city, the 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 people. No, nah, I'm just. Hey, good people all over the world. Everyone, every city has good people. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, better reasons to not like Miami than that. I think. All Was right. Is that right, Aslan? Did you Google that? Google what? The the Florida State. Uh, did the same with the Salem High School. I didn't Google that. I mean, you know. all right. I, when I was probably wrong, everyone. Don't Google it. Don't, don't even worry about it. I know Smithville's a school in Mississippi. They have a spear on their helmet, very similar to Florida State. I'm pretty sure Peter Warwick's high school, Branton Southeast, though they were mm -hmm. blue and orange, they had the Seminole spear logo on their helmet, which, like, all right, make up your mind, guys. You want to be us? You want to be the right. Gators? Yeah, they did both. So, all right. Uh, last couple ones here. Cam94. All right, obviously LSU win looks better, but do you look back on the three losses and think what if? All three of the teams we have lost to have gotten seemingly worse as the season progressed. Florida State's gotten better week by week. A lot of people were saying this team had a ceiling about 8-9, to nine, but it looks to me if a few things fall differently, particularly against NC State, we could be talking about a trip to Charlotte for the ACC title game. Thoughts on how the season has progressed and how you expect the Noles to finish out? 
I think, like we talked about on headlines, the really biggest what if is if Fabian stays healthy. Like, it shouldn't – like, when Florida State gets to where we want it to be um, as a collective, is you, you won't be so dependent on one player. But I really do think maybe the entire Wake Forest game changes if Fabian Lovett plays in that game, if Fabian and Jared Burst are healthy. I, I just think the whole me- – maybe the entire mesh – gets blown up a lot better. Like, Wake ran for a lot of yards in that game that they wouldn't have done if Fabian Lovett was there. And if you could have made him one-dimensional, you had a much better shot of slowing that thing down uh, and then maybe when the offense got on track, winning that game. Um, so that's a what-if to me. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think you can say you're unlucky to lose Wake Forest and Clemson. They both had – again, they both went on 27 and 28 runs, 28-0 run and a 27-0 run respectively on you. It's hard to win like that. But the NC State game is the one you blew. And I think when you look back at this season, if you finish eight and four, you know you should have been nine and three. And if you finish nine and three, you know darn well you should have been 10 and two and be playing probably in a New Year's Six game. And that's where the what if will kind of sting is that stupid end to that game. I mean, I think on the whole, it's been a wash. You know, LSU lost Mason Smith in the first half. He's their best player, maybe, period, on the entire roster. Um, you know, Miami didn't have their quarterback. You had NC State's backup quarterback for the better part of a half. You're probably playing Syracuse with either a, a greatly diminished starting quarterback or their backup. So right now on the whole injury-wise, I think you're fine. The NC State game does stick in your craw, though, because, again, the way you manage it down the stretch, you know your field goal kicker hasn't been reliable, although he's looked good in practice this week and he's made his last three or whatever it is. You're only down by two, man. You're only down by two. You had a full allotment of timeouts. You had good field position. You had 30-something seconds left on the clock. I I like the gusto to put the dagger in them, but you didn't have to do it at that point. So, like, that's the one that does does stick with you. And, I don't know, man, you're 7-2 and and you're ranked in the top. You know, you're in the teens right now, you know? Yeah, you're – hey, you're in the college football playoff poll as it is. Welcome back, Knowles, after a six-year absence. But – um. Yeah, you'd be you'd be probably 14th in the country. Yeah. I mean, there's no shame in a loss to Clemson and a loss to Wake. I mean, there just isn't. Well, there's no shame in a loss at NC State. It's just it's a well, shame how you ended that game. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, well, it's, but they they got their one touchdown with their real quarterback. Um, that kid, you know, it's not like that kid moved up and down the field on him. You, your offense is the reason he lost that game. Um, the defense was fine. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's. I just think that that's that the seven and two would be so much better, man. You would. You would yeah, really I'm, be staring down at a nine or ten win season, yeah, I'm like not, a ten I'm win not, season. I'm not blaming NC State on the defense. I'm just saying it was, the backup quarterback was, and you should have been able to outduel him. You you did yes, not outduel. Yeah, no, that, that was a bad time for Jordan to Jordan to have his worst moments of the season. I thought yeah. that's a that's a bad time for that. Nine oh one, wakey wakey. With regarding to Norvell's moment with Deuce Span, everybody wants their coach to show emotion, and I'd say the grand majority of fans appreciate that type of coaching. But what determines if that moment is awesome or psychotic? Is it just wins and losses? Kind of. I'm, I mean, did he did he look psychotic? He kind of coaches stalked him down. It's like you didn't listen, man. I'm you, you. Everyone loves Mike Norvell right now, so you can't say anything indifferent about Mike Norvell without sounding like you're a hater or you're not part of the program or you're you're struggling things down. And listen, man, every, all the buttons he's pushing are working right now, so there's no reason to second-guess it. And he does not he's in the heat of the moment. He doesn't care about the optics of what looks like on camera. But I would just like Brian Kelly. 
I was Nick Saban. I was Jimbo Fisher. They've done things, I think, in the same tree, in the same pot of of reactions on a sideline. Like, man, he, he like he went after Deuce. Like, Deuce walked away. He could have been like, all right, man, I will let him cool off. I, I don't know. I mean, I think they were getting ready to punt at that point. When What happened on that exactly play? Was no, it was – they had gotten a first down, I think, and then that made it like third and 25. Yeah, so, I mean, he, so, he's got to worry about calling some plays and stuff. Um, listen, again, I'm not saying what he did was wrong, but, like, he, he didn't have to go into that moment and go through all that. But, listen, man, he felt that was the right thing to do. Deuce comes right back, next possession, catches a ball. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he can let him walk it off. But, all right, man, let me let me finish out this, this string. Let him sit down after 30 seconds of being away from each other, and we'll talk about it. But he was like, no, man, like, we're going to figure this out right now. And that's what made it look so kind of heated. But it, it wasn't, like, red-faced, purple face, Brian Kelly well, that's, yelling at that's it, why I know. took issue with the word psychotic. We, we've seen coaches melt down psychotically. Um, this was a guy that – and he wasn't going to dog cuss him. He wasn't, he wasn't, you know, firing after him to dog cuss him. He wanted to get that, like you just said, he wanted to get it over and done with in the moment and tell him that he expected better of him. But nobody that's psychotic is telling the guy they're talking to to breathe. That's what Norvell was telling him is breathe. Yeah. He didn't chase him down to go tackle him. Um, he didn't chase him down to, you know, you know, he, he, would have he probably would have been breathing if you just let him walk away. He probably would have started breathing at some point. I mean, you know, we we coached there. We we all got different yeah, uh, yeah. coaching philosophies. I, I think in his his mind, he thought that trying to get through to Deuce in that moment was a bigger deal than calling a third and twenty five play when they're up thirty five points. Yeah. In I his think- mo- and he might be wrong. He might be right. He might be wrong. But I think that's 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 showing what matters more to him in the moment is is being right with Deuce. And making sure Deuce understands what he's what he wants him to be doing. Yeah. I want to say I think Alabama had a player against George in the national title game that literally pushed one of their coaches. Yeah, and, and he left the program. Yeah, Absolutely. well, they, they like they yeah. escort him off the field. I, I think Saban might have told him like just get him off the field. Like I mean, Saban yeah. could have walked over there and been like, "What are you doing? It's a national title game." Or just like, "Man, let's get this guy out of here." That was uh, I, yeah, that was the national championship game against Georgia, right? Yeah. The one that they won with yeah. Tua. Yeah, yeah, that was a bummer. That was a that was a bad memory. <laughs> Um, two more. Man, Good grief! You keep I, doing this. Well, I said you're like, like three a train. You're like a trainer at a gym. Like, all right, guys, one more, and then it's really oh. actually four more. I hate when they're like, "All right, you know, just hold it for ten seconds." Ten. Yeah, and then, nine. Yeah, then it's like just, count, yeah, count. Yeah, count. That's that's not ten. That's thirty. Yeah. Um, all right, the process. Wake up, Aslan. Wake up, Corey. Give yourself a cup of Deluna coffee. I'm having a Blue Angels blend as we speak. What's your favorite blend? Uh, purple Graffiti Bridge, the purple bag, Graffiti Bridge, the Prince, the Prince, yeah. right? Purple rain. I, I had three cups. Stephanie's too. Stephanie okay. told me that the other day. I think that that was her. That she she heard you talking about it, and that's the one she likes the most too. Okay. I had three cups the morning of the Miami game. It was delicious, but my beard grew three inches that day. I suspect that secret ingredient is dark magic. Anyways, my mm. question is, man, I don't. Uh-oh. How is Winston Wright looking on the practice field? Any chance we will see him against the Cuse? I mean, if we answer that, do we get in trouble? Can I answer it honestly? No, I'll answer it no. Just answer it the way we've been answering it. If, you, if you're if you on our website, which you should be, because you could have signed up for a whole dollar. Even now, you can sign up for $10 for the entire year. Yeah. If you see Winston Wright's names and observations, 
because we observe every practice we're allowed to watch. We, we write observations about what we saw, who stood out. If you see Winston Wright's name in any sort of observation in our practice reports, that, that will be a good sign that he might be available to play. I just can't. Right? Why would we get in trouble for talking? I love you, Mike. Come on, man. Come on. But why not? But why this do it? one. This one, man. At what know. point no, does this I, matter? I think I answered it. I answered it correctly. I answered it the way it needs to be answered. Also, people what are you... know. Y'all can read between lines. They people don't, know. though. They keep asking us every week. I mean, well, I've, I've said it enough. Well, because you, you, a month hey, and a half ago, hey, he's going to be back getting, soon. He's going to be back soon. This. Well, that was that was the problem. That was the problem. He really, I'm, I'm telling you, I guess, I, I guess the thing to learn here, Aslan, is I'm not a doctor. Because <laughs> he was doing things that are more athletic than I've ever even dreamed of doing. And, uh, yeah. Um, also, what are your thoughts on his recent tweet, I can't leave without doing what God brought me here to do? Yeah, I don't know. I mean. Was that Winston, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would I would think that means he can't leave without playing in a Florida State uniform. Yeah. yeah. So. So, pretty good odds that he'll be back next year. I would think again. Why? Why would he not be? Yeah, that's a uh, that's a good. Uh, but that's a that's something you don't even think about. Like, I, man, they're gonna have some guys now. Like, you know, they're they're gonna have a crowded receiver room with a, you know, who's if Johnny Wilson stays, which he should. Um, they're all who's leaving. Pokey, I guess Winston Wright slides that man. To think about that now, that's a nice that's a nice receiver room if Winston Wright's sliding into Pokey's spot, and you got Wright Pittman. And Johnny Wilson, Hakeem Williams, Ja'Kai Douglas, Fortier might come on, Darian Williamson, if he can play longer than six plays. Um, and then whoever else they might get out of the portal, man, they can have some weapons now. Hot take here before we get to our oh. last question, Corey. Um, you talk about a crowd of wide receiver room. If you're Micah Pittman, do you go somewhere else? Because you came here because you didn't like the way you were involved in the Oregon offense. With three games ago, you've caught 25 passes for 288 yards. And Johnny's probably going to become a bigger part of the offense. They like Deuce. Darion Williamson's a guy that could maybe factor into this into things. Ja'Kai Douglas is there. Winston Wright is now healthy. You just beat a team. You scored 45 points in a game, but you guys only threw it 12 times. You're talking about next year. Winston yes. Wright is now healthy. Yes, you're, you're projecting the next year. Right, right. Um, no man. I mean, he he he's, he starts on a good off uh, on a great offense on a good team. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I, if he wants to go catch forty five or fifty balls somewhere, okay. But I don't know that he could he have really expected that coming to this team. Like he's going to end up with what? What will we say? Thirty two catches. Yeah, he's got he's got twenty five through um, nine games. Yeah, so thirty two. If you the bowl game, maybe thirty four, thirty five. I mean, that's I can't imagine he was expecting six catches a game. Yeah, he's not I think, even averaging three, though. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, he's now. Look, I don't think it's normal that he goes a whole game without a catch, um, and I don't know that he did. He didn't have much against Georgia Tech either. I, I but I, the, he has been part of the game plan. He's gone. Um, he's caught. He's caught four against Duquesne, three against LSU, one right. against Louisville, four against BC, five against Wake, four against NC State, one against Clemson, three against Georgia Tech, none against Miami. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I think he's just he under. I I would be very surprised if he did that. Like, just put your feet down somewhere, man. He I think he likes playing for this team. Uh, he says Jordan's one of his good friends. I, I don't know. I think he'd want to stay here and be a part of a really good offense again. 
Okay. But um, I also think they could survive it if he left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I wouldn't listen. I wouldn't begrudge him. I would. I'd be like, hey, man, I, I get it. Like you, you're you're focused on this thing that you want to do. I get it. Um, and I think Florida State would be fine if he did leave. Yeah. I, I, By the I, way, I, we should shout out that uh, according to uh, Atkins, anyway, he was their punisher of the week for being mm. the for the way he blocked. Yeah. And that mm. does some, say something about. That's what I'm saying. I would be surprised because a kid that's not getting the ball at all to be the best blocker on the team that day that that's that's encouraging, right? I mean, that says yeah. something about him as a kid. Yeah. He doesn't just stop playing when he's not getting the ball. He was he was depleting guys, blocking for the running backs. Yeah, no, I don't think he's a scrunchel. I'm just I just wonder if you look at things. I don't know, man. If if Nick Saban's like, man, I need a freaking receiver. Although I don't know. I mean, Bryce Young's going to be gone, so why would you want to go to Tuscaloosa? Last yeah. question: six one four and Actually, I think I read this one, so I think we're out of here. Um, or did I oh, come back wait, to what it? an anticlimactic? Sorry, he was the one asked about chance of beating LSU. Yeah, we already talked about that. Awesome. Oh, next it, year he's talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, We did it. We did it, Corey. We're doing a we live show it, later tonight, 6 o'clock. We're doing that at 6 o'clock, right? Yep. 6 p.m. Yep. Eastern time. Join us for this that. Traffic. Yeah. This traffic, man, I tell you. I mean, I know I live up here in Atlanta half the time, but I don't – I hate dealing with this. I don't know how people do it, man. I don't yeah. know how you guys – I'm sure there's plenty of people listening to this that have to deal with morning traffic or afternoon traffic. I just – yeah. It just sucks your soul out of you. This is ridiculous. I know. I don't, I don't oh, know now if I can leave Now this guy wants to cut know. me off. <laughs> How far did you make it in terms of miles over the course of this hour and a half show that we did? Um, I was stuck in pretty heavy track. I would say 45 miles. Wow. 45 miles in that in that span. Was it an hour and a half that we've been no, talking? No, it's about an hour 16 of us talking, but then the ads add about three, four minutes. Mm, okay. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been something else. But I did it. My phone's about to die. But I love you guys. I do it for you. I do it for the brand. He does. I do it for you guys. He does, absolutely. He is Corey. I'm Aslan. Thanks so much for listening. Again, 6 o'clock live show coming up. 1 to 3 o'clock Jeff Cameron show. Check out the War Chant Report as well. You've heard and been listening to Wake Up War Chant. Presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, the one final beep out of our guy, Corey. Have a great one, everybody. <laughs>